But yeah, okay, so moving on, I know we kind of, this is a very kind of like heavy discussion where we talk yeah. about a lot of issues that we face, but what can we do or what, what can our country do to kind of level the playing field, um, promote financial literacy to every single group and kind of reduce this, this terrible systemic like oppression that minority groups face. So yeah, so let's just talk about the first one. So the first one would be increasing minimum wage. Um, so kind of as we know, a lot of minority groups are employed in like lower earning jobs or more um, jobs where they're actually heavy, heavily reliant on daily income. For example, like some sometimes like software engineers, they don't get paid by the hour, by the day. Um, they get an overall like monthly, quarterly or annual salary that doesn't really necessarily change depending on like their work. But for these uh, for these people in these lower wage jobs, it heavily depends on like the hours that they work and and the things they sell. So that's it's important to kind of increase the minimum wage because it actually will help 4.6 million people rise above the poverty line and will add two billion dollars to the overall income, which is yeah. And this and this skill gap that we were seeing, why uh, minority groups are more prone to uh, being hired by lower. Um, income jobs is obviously because that skill gap that is being kind of perpetuated by uh, that lack of ink, that lack of education that we're not able to see because the schools are not being funded properly. Um, yeah, so basically our next solution is expanding the earned income tax. So I'm just going to kind of define it real quick for the people who don't know. It's different than an income tax. The earned income tax is specifically targeted um, for the working class. Yeah. Um, for people with low to moderate income and basically it reduces the amount of tax you owe and may actually give you a refund on what you owe. Um, but yes, yeah, so Dia, would you like to kind of talk about, or Zach, would you kind of like to talk about the benefits of expanding this tax? Yeah, sure. So um, a huge number of children, 4.7 million, can be lifted out of poverty each year just by expanding the earned income tax. Yeah, so it's basically, and oh yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, yeah, to add on to what you were saying, it kind of uh, alleviates the impact of the whole poverty cycle thing we were talking mm, about Yeah. Um, by helping these working class families and then in turn helping the children of these working class families by allowing them mm -hmm. to, to kind of uh, get exposed to new opportunities for themselves. But yeah, that's, that's great. Okay, so let's, let's talk about building assets for working families. Uh, so the home interest mortgage which deduction, is our third solution by the way which is our third solution yeah um, home interest mortgage deduction totals 80 billion dollars a year but 60% of this subsidy goes to homes with incomes greater than 100k dollars so kind of what the plan is to build assets for working families is to make sure that we're encouraging them to um, put their money into savings accounts and then also make ownership more accessible to them. So to do that, um, kind of the idea is to make sure that these working families um, like have a built-in retirement plan and then also to make home ownership uh, cheaper just so that they can kind of build their wealth through like buying a house and um, using that equity to further their economic journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And just to go back to like the statistic that Zach was saying, basically the money that they pay, that everyone pays totals eighty billion dollars a year, and and even though that money is returned back to the homeowners, sixty percent of it goes to homes um, with a total income of over a hundred k dollars. So basically, 
poor families are paying mortgage but they aren't getting the appropriate um, return on it and they aren't getting the appropriate investment even though richer families are actually benefiting from the dollars that these uh, working families pay all right so our fourth solution is um, investing in education so this is like arguably the most important one mm -hmm. since um, education will make or break your future essentially so um, like we talked about the cycle earlier with um, black students being introduced into the prison system and then um, it's like really hard for them to get out and they just get in this mentality that the, that's their life. So um, if we sort of, you know, equalize education um, and we, we already talked about solutions for that, but yeah. Um, essentially, higher scores in education will have will give them higher economic mo mobility later in life. The fifth solution that we wanted to talk about was um, the progressive tax code. So right now, um, there are kind of three tax brackets that we want to look at. There is the payroll tax, the income tax, and the capital gains tax. So the capital gains tax is a tax on investments, whether that's stocks, property. It's basically like what like the rich people uh, put their money into. And so exactly. right now, the capital gains tax isn't the same as the payroll tax or the income tax. It's not proportionate. And so the rich people barely have to pay any money on these investments. And so the whole idea is to kind of increase that tax and make them. Exactly. Yeah. What were you saying, Michael? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, like, yeah, to add on to what you were saying, Mm -hmm. It is true, like the, the proportion the proportion is completely off. And on top of that, most of the wealthy people, first of all, their wealth is growing while their tax is actually reducing, which is uh, we can we can all tell that that's not a good thing. Um, and then second of all, most of the wealthy people we were talking about accumulated wealth and things like that, a lot of their wealth comes from investment in real estate. And so the effect of having such a small tax um, on these on capital gains, is terrible because it's basically they're basically evading higher taxes just yeah. because most of their wealth comes from these assets and not income yeah. right yeah so the sixth solution the final solution that we wanted to mention was ending residential segregation and although redlining which is the practice of segregating neighborhoods um by those with like different uh, poverty levels or by the color of their skin is illegal in the United States, the effect is still present. Like we mentioned earlier, there's still completely segregated neighborhoods, uh, minorities, and then white neighborhoods. And so kind of ending that residential segregation, there are policies um, that kind of make sure that those that want to be in a more um, suburban neighborhood have the opportunities and those urban projects aren't yeah. restricted. Exactly. And and yeah, exactly. Right, and yeah. Basically all the solutions, the six solutions that we talked about are very, very reliant on policy making, which yeah. kind of goes back to the systemic thing we were talking about because like we mentioned at the very start of this whole discussion, um, these problems can only be solved with policy. So I think as citizens it's kind of our job to advocate these solutions in our community, yeah. um, spread awareness about that and kind of urge policymakers and legislators to make these changes. Um, you know, because yeah, that's that's basically the extent of what we can do. And I think it's important that we all know and, you know, follow through with that. And I think as students, yeah. it's really our priority to encourage civil engagement, make sure that we're educated on what's happening 
um, with the policymakers in whichever state you're in. No, yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's really good that we're having this discussion because mm-hmm. um, I hope other students um, like us can kind of take a little, you know, take a little takeaway from what we were talking about and kind of understand that we have a huge role to play in this as well as citizens and right. as said as students. Thank you so much for following this discussion with us, and we hope you were able to better educate yourself on the effects of systemic racism, specifically targeting marginalized groups' personal finance goals. If you would like to have access to more resources for on this ongoing issue, please feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram at bayfi2020 or email us at bayfi2020 at gmail.com. As always, stay tuned to Financeology to learn everything your school doesn't teach, from budgeting for the new shoe drop to deciding which credit card to apply for. We're excited to have you here as we navigate our money-centric world one episode at a time.